Hi, uh, this is Peggy Bryson calling. I just uh, noticed in Facebook a dollar more broadcast against the president. Please tell him to be stop being a shithead and uh, listen to everything that he has to say before he criticizes anybody. He's just a jackass. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Episode 421 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. And I am joined by Sneezy McGee, lovely, talented, scholarly co-host of mine, Brittany Page. I'm I'm in the middle of a sneeze attack. I'm just going to just let it rip. No, we'll I... just keep it in. Well, they make you angry, my sneeze attacks. So <laughs> no. No, no, they don't make me angry. Yes, yes, yes. They make you angry. And so I'm I'm they trying don't make to make me angry. Yes, I'm trying to hold them in <laughs> because I have to sacrifice my health. Oh, it's unhealthy to hold in a sneeze, is it? Yes. How is it unhealthy, Brittany? Um, Regale me with the science behind the anti sneeze research you've read. Let me find a Vox article real quick. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know. That's what people say. That's what people say. There's all kinds of people that say all kinds of things. I know. I actually made a terrible argument. Um, <laughs> I was arguing with my godfather about something, and I made an argument similar to that. People are saying, lots of people say. And he was like, I, I think I said, people have written books about this. And he was like, yeah, people have written books about life on Mars and wow. all this stuff. And I was like laughing hysterically because I made a terrible argument. Do you ever... Do you ever catch yourself dumbing down an argument, just being lazy in an argument that you're making based on the person with whom you're you're discussing something? Um, and then like thinking they're not going to, well, they're not going to catch me in my, my you know, l- lack of lo- logic here. Yeah. And then you get busted. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have been more. Well, I think in that moment, I was thinking of like, academic scholars that had written books about this issue right not right, right. just like some joe schmo yeah not l ron hubbard yeah and so I, I, <laughs> what i was trying to say was listen um people know more about this than you or me yeah that's like yeah. what i was trying to say but then i said it in a very stupid way that was easily <laughs> refutable and i applauded him I, I responded i was like that's actually because we were arguing through email um <laughs> and i said that's actually a hilarious rebuttal because it's really true so good job with those conversations that you have via correspondence with your godfather mm-hmm. i'm i'm actually surprised that it's through email and not like breaking out the quill and 
and ink mm. and writing letters back and forth and sending it on the Pony Express. Well, he actually credits me with helping him understand technology. And the reason he got a cell phone was for me so that we could text. Yeah, yeah. And then he like got addicted to texting because he's a teacher and he would get so angry with students when they would be on their phones all the time in class. And then he got a phone and yeah, he said yeah, that yeah. he got it because yeah. he, he would hear the ding and he'd get a message and it would be so exciting. And then he could send a message and then get <laughs> one back. And it was like a new discovery for him. When the iPhone first came out, mm-hmm. I was about six months behind the curve getting an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And remember the iPhone came out, it, there was nothing like it. Mm-hmm. And I used to make fun of my friends. They all... We'd be in the bar or whatever, and everybody's on their phones, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, eh, robots or whatever, making fun of them. Yeah. And then I got one. Yeah. And it was just downhill from there. Yeah. Well, I think there's a new feature on the iPhone. I was I read a headline about it where you can uh, track how much... Yeah, it's on the new iOS that's going to be coming out. How much screen time, how much you're on your phone. Yeah. And I think when people... Turn that on uh, yeah. and see the amount of time that they are wasting of their life looking at their phone. We're, we're all going to be in for a wake up call and we're going to have to stop. And uh, it, it will make us healthier. I'm I think. definitely going to have to stop. I think it will make us healthier. We're going to understand we need to read more books. We need to like go for a fucking walk. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I. <laughs> well, I'm not even... I, I, we have friends... Uh, Todd, in particular, a buddy of mine from Washington, mm-hmm. who can't have certain apps and shit on his phone, the way I understand it, because the little notification cherry that shows up on it, he's got to have that clear. So he's got a little OCD going on. Mm-hmm. I don't even have that problem, and I'm on my phone. It's not like I have to go through and clear everything. Mm-hmm. It just, I open up, I I check the Facebook, I check the Twitter, I check whatever, and then, you know, five minutes later, oh, nothing's happening. I'll, I'll go check that. It's no good. Yeah. Time time to read a book and go for a walk. Yeah. Or or go for a fucking walk. <laughs> well, whatever it takes. I think it I think it will be good for us though. We'll we'll improve our lives through that feature. So we this is a late episode coming at you. I know Brittany hates it when I announce it. Yeah, as though it's not already obvious. But it was uh, it was birthday week. It was birthday week. It was birthday week. Mm-hmm. Fucked up my back. Good times. I don't know what is going on. Well, with you got breaking older. Breaking down. Yeah. You got older. Uh, it, it, like, as soon as it ticked over to yeah. my birthday, I woke up <laughs> and like, oh, my back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we are. Mm-hmm. Good times. We appreciate all of the the good tidings and the mm-hmm. Facebook messages and yeah. the, the, the the emails that we received. Mm-hmm. Um. It's good. Yeah. So what'd you learn? Oh, shit. (laughs) I was not ready. Um, This last year of life and the learning that occurred. I don't know. I'm in a a period right now where I am am torn. You know, we're having this argument about civility Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, Not all the time. It's just been on my brain all the time for the last week or so. And... I do believe we need we need to be civil. However, I think the bar for what is and what is not civil needs to be talked about. Because mm-hmm. if you call Donald Trump a fucking liar, that's fact. That's not uncivil. So incivility is 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 a I think a a, a moving target. Yeah, it depends on who you ask. Like for example, Marco Rubio tweeted, and I believe he tweeted yeah, this. Fuck him too. 
Well, listen to this. (laughs) He tweeted today, sign of our times. The F word is now routinely used in news stories, tweets, etc. It's not even F asterisk 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 anymore. Who made that decision? Oh, yeah, guy. You're you're really concerned (laughs) about society because of the naughty words in the news. Right. There's nothing else that's concerning you, guy. (laughs) The same guy who called Donald Trump a dangerous con man. And then cannot get enough of his his balls in his mouth constantly. Juggling. Well, I think that he is... I know, I'm trying to ignore what you said. Um, (laughs) I think that he um, is responding to... (laughs) The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. Yeah, we should have him do more drops on the show because that voice is very relaxing. Love me some Haas. Um, I think he's responding to what happened with the Capital Gazette. Yes. In um, Annapolis. And um, someone was being interviewed about the journalist being killed um, in their building yesterday. And they were on with Anderson Cooper and they said, I don't want your thoughts and prayers I don't give a fuck about your thoughts and prayers. Right, yeah. and, you, and used the F word. On CNN, yeah. It was just, uh, uh, an employee who was in the room while her, her colleagues were being gunned down. Yes. And, oh, harumph, how dare you say fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's be a, still, my heart. It's a sign of our times. It's just weird when people act all weird about naughty words. Well, when listen, there's, there's many serious things going on, Marco Rubio. Yes. Like, concern yourself with that. Like, her, wa- she said on the interview, I, I watched it. She said, like, I, I need points for having watched it. Uh, she said, I, Anderson was like, how are you doing? She, well, I watched someone die today. Right. So, so, not great. Yeah. Why isn't Marco Rubio talking about that? Sign yeah. of our times. I just watched an interview and someone was at work and they had to hide under their desk while someone killed. Several yeah. of their coworkers. Another entitled madman with rampant entitlement issues stormed the office of a newspaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, dude. It's is is fuck that high up on your priority list? That's what you need to tweet well, especially about. Especially if that's what you were, if that's what he was watching, and that was his takeaway. Which I'm not sure. I'm not certain that it is, but I'm assuming, given that he's saying it was in the headline. I don't know what other naughty word has been in the headlines, um, but that shouldn't be your takeaway from that terrible, horrific situation. Yeah. Well, listen. Even given the general the, the general attitude of the times. There are bigger fish to fry than the word fuck, Marco Rubio. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Get it together, brother. Just, what an asshole. So anyway, yeah, so civility is a moving target, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, by any means necessary, eh, almost. It's it's It really is, we need to define. We need to come down on what is civil. Yeah. Uh, and I don't have answers. I'm still so anyway. The birthday thing, yeah, I'm still thinking about that. So I, I don't know <laughs> what I've taken away. Um, that we went we, all over the place. We live in we live in. Day, listen, I'm happy. There, the, it, it's bifurcated. My, my my year. I'm I am uh, more in love with those around me than ever before. I appreciate what we have here. 
I I love and, and, and adore our audience and the growth that the show has seen um, and still ever ever aware of the political peril, the the historical peril that we face as a country, that our democracy is under under siege, under threat. And that is a scary thing. So happy birthday. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> happy birthday. So um let's let's you want to do follow up? We got follow up or she wanna do that after the calls. We'll do that after the calls. After the calls. Hey Brittany, Jesse. Uh, how are you guys doing? This is Ashton calling from the UK. I uh, I was sat at work the other week with the radio on, and uh, Marvin Gaye, "What's Going On," came on, and I uh, I sat there just thinking about what is going on in the world today. We look at uh, everything that's going on with the the Russian chemical weapons attack in Britain. Right here in the UK, we have Brexit, which is just going to be an unmitigated disaster we got Trump in America just being Trump and somehow getting away with it at least for the moment anyway you got Gert Wilders in Holland in the Netherlands just spreading outrageous far-right views you got Marine Le Pen in in France uh, again the same as Wilders and the, the Freedom Party in Austria and obviously Putin doing what he does all over the world, sowing division. And I I just look at the world today and say, what the fuck is going on? Uh, I'm very concerned now and I'm very concerned moving into the future because I feel the world is not becoming progressive, which is a real problem for me as I, I genuinely believed we were slowly but surely bending towards a more progressive arc. Now, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Right here in the UK, we have Theresa May, who is step by step just crashing the country. Admittedly, she has an incredibly difficult job, and uh, I do not envy her. In fact, I, I feel very sorry for her, but she's she's going about it, in my opinion, all very wrong. Um, we see more far-right views rising here in the UK, which is something that I, I never thought I would see much of. You know, I thought, if anything, it would go down. I, I, I just don't know what's going on anymore and uh, I wonder what you guys feel you know how, how do we how do we we uh, conquer this 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 far right views and these extreme views uh, how do we do that as a collective but thanks hey you guys are, are doing a fantastic job uh, you're both the best part keep the good work up guys Ashton wow Lot to lot to bite off there. Thank you for the call, Ashton. We yes. appreciate. Well, I, I got a special, a little special tingly for international listeners mm. because it's kind of you know. I mean, nobody has to listen, but it's like they don't have to listen to the show. They mm-hmm. can just turn on the BBC and get the straight scoop. You mm-hmm. know. Well, one of the things that um, I wish would happen is after hearing the accent that I could do the accent. <laughs> Yeah, that is not. Um, I do. I have a tendency to mimic voices after I hear them at times, and I wish that I had that ability. Yeah. um, After that, let me say this, Ashton. Trying to be a level straight shooter rather than the perennial optimist that I get accused of being all the time. 
There is something hopeful about those names that you listed. Gert Wilders, Marie Le Pen. They're not in power. There are always going to be assholes. There are always going to be racists. There are, that's always going to be a thing. Now, listen, do they wield too much influence? Yeah. Fuck yeah, they do for sure. But Marie Le Pen got crushed by Emmanuel Macron. And Geert Wilders is a, he's just not a, he's not a, he's not a player. He might be a, a rabble rouser, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really have any power. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a, a good mark for the EU because you've been able to stave off these racists and we elected one because of our stupid, undemocratic system with the Electoral College. Because of a constitutional snafu, we got the moron that we got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but largely, the world rejects these racists. The world rejects these dividers. Because I think, I would like to hope, that as a species, we, we embrace unity. We embrace wanting to be together. Um, we are very tribal. But, you know, increasing the size of the tribe should be, I think, what we, we strive for. And I think it is, mostly. So we are seeing, a, you know, this, this populist, this shitty brand of populism kind of take hold all over the world. And, uh, you know, with Brexit and the, that movement that kind of, not just Marie Le Pen. I mean, her, her dad, was a, he's a Nazi. There's no way to, <laughs> you know. So that family has been in the, the white supremacy business for a generation or two. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm more hopeful, but we can't sit on our, on our hands because if we do just ignore it, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to rise. Mm-hmm. We need to combat it at every turn, whether it be we're going to play a story here in Dollamocracy about a congressman in Iowa, mm-hmm. Steve King, who's retweeting racists in the UK like uh, Mark Collette. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. And the, the, talking about it and pointing it out. And, you know, the, the, the DN, the DCCC, the, the, the campaign um, committee for the Democrats in Congress, they need to pour some money into that Iowa race. They need to let those Iowa voters know who are either willfully ignorant or, or not. No. Hey, your congressman is a white supremacist. He's 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 steps away from putting on a hood, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I think I think there are ways to get people to listen. And um, I guess that was the question I just went. We (laughs) we argue me and you argue about this, um, particularly with people online. So I'm thinking of someone right now who is on my friends list and who I went to high school with. And um, he is a Trump supporter and he is not highly educated and he posts some things and I think that he wouldn't be posting those things if he knew more, if he if he was educated. And the other day I decided to comment on one of his posts and I kind of had a little bit of an attitude um, because of our interactions in high school. He kind of knows me and he said I was being a prick because that's I used to call everyone a prick in high school. Um, <laughs> Why does that not surprise me at all? So... <laughs> 
Um, so we, we had like a playful interaction, but he came around to saying, um, I, something like that. He just, he didn't know this and he wants more information and he is trying to learn about it. He is trying to improve. And I believe that's true. Um, but there's like a lot of work to do there. Yeah. And so it's difficult for people to be patient, especially with like strangers, right? Like, how am I supposed to uh, start from the ground up there? Yeah. Um, like, there needs to be a lot of education going into um, have people understand their worldview and uh, why it's wrong. But I think the important thing is that. Um, if I were to just dismiss him out of hand and say he's just an idiot and he's never going to get it right, then I would never even have that chance for yeah. him to say, you know, I am interested in learning more about this. I didn't know that. Right. And then, in fact, the next day he messaged me something and was like, can I get your thoughts on this? I don't know what to think about this. And I told him. So this is someone who seems receptive and not everybody is, you know what I mean? But certainly not. But when someone is showing that, like there is a a glimmer of hope <laughs> yeah. in in getting through to someone. Um, I think it's important to try to work with that. And if there's just insults and you just write someone off out of hand because they have a certain viewpoint, then it's harder to get at them. And uh, this person isn't racist. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to, like, bring someone back from the brink of being a white supremacist. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, the th- troubling ideas that that get kind of packaged in. Right. Yeah. Um, like white genocide is, is an idea that people, uh, I think, can be kind of uh, bamboozled by. Yeah. And that they don't really see that as what it is, which is a white supremacist ideology. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, especially if you feel like your status is very low and you already don't have a lot, you live in a rural area and you're right. poor yeah. and it's easier for someone to kind of say you should be scared because they're going to come in and take everything from you. Yeah. What little you have, you're not going to have anymore. Right. And then that scares them. And I think that combating that a lot of times can just be with better information. But there are, of course, people who are too far gone that maybe that won't be the best method. That's the rub is finding those that are not too far gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Ashton, again, thank you for the call. We appreciate it very much. Last time on the show, we talked about, um, well, we didn't talk about it. Andy from Oklahoma called and he said, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, kind of nervous like everybody is. He's raising his daughters and um, just kind of bummed sometimes about the world. And we have somebody responding to Andy. Hey, Jesse, Brittany, Ranger Bob. Uh, I just turned on uh, episode 420 at 420 in the morning. And I thought, wow, maybe I should listen to it at half speed. Anyway, moving on. The reason I called (laughs) is a couple things uh, in reference to Andy's call um, is one. Uh, But first... You know, the Sarah Huckabee Sanders situation, you know, I kind of equate that to O.J. Simpson and the way that he's shunned, you know, not based on the color of his skin, but, you know, of his actions and, uh, you know, the horrible person he is. But uh, in regards to Andy's call, you know, I I feel depressed sometimes, too. I mean, it's hard to believe how many horrible people are surrounding you and, 
in your family and it can get depressing and um you know the thing is i guess i have two um we have two girls uh 11 and 17 and they're going to be better people than i am and uh they're going to make the world a better place because hopefully we're raising them with much better values and they're you know much better people and they it's not that they don't see color um, but it doesn't factor into a person's worth to them. And it doesn't really factor in on the way they look at people and judge them, especially initially. Um, you know, I, I remember years ago, I was trying to describe a little girl that my daughter was in school with. And I, you know, I, I said the little black girl and she couldn't comprehend what I was talking about, you know, because, you know, our skin is not you know literally black and she literally couldn't understand it. And so she says oh you mean the little girl with the curly hair I'm like oh of course of course and so you know as a friend of mine and I were talking uh, somebody of like mind which is rare to find sometimes is uh you know a lot of these old white guys need to die before you know and be replaced before this world gets a little better and hopefully you know this uh, episode with 45 has woken people up from their complacency and they'll get involved in the political system and uh, just engaged in the process to make this world a better place because yes it's uh, it can be taxing and uh, stressful but anyway hey <laughs> love the show Brittany's the best part and I'll hope to talk to you guys soon bye love the show Brittany's the best part yeah, I, I, I love that we can all kind of come together and talk about how we at times feel really defeated and down. Yeah. Um, but it's also hopeful to hear from people that are um, trying to do what they can in their own personal lives, because that's all we can do um, yeah. to try to make those incremental changes and steps toward progress. Well, the tr- I think the, the, the trick is, is surrounding yourself with people who aren't down at the same moments that you are. Mm. You know, I mean, listen, I, I go through it. I was talking to somebody about it just last week that it, it is, it is, they, they were saying that you know, sometimes they, they, they were actually, it was on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Brett number one. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that, you know, he, he wants to, he, he checks out of politics sometimes and d- doesn't watch the news. And uh, he didn't know about Kennedy having retired or oh. announced the retirement. And he was just said he it's too much for him sometimes, and I think that's the case for millions of people. Yeah, they just they need to unplug and and it's, it's and a look, healthy I, thing to yeah, do. I, look, I'm not playing the world's smallest violin for myself here, but <laughs> it, it is uh, it is tough sometimes because mm-hmm. I am affected by this um, political climate like anybody else, and you know, and I don't want to you know overstate the case, but sometimes I think maybe more than others because. I'm reading and watching and consuming so much all the time. Yeah, that's just a you know I'm I'm emotional guy anyway. So mm-hmm. it sometimes it's just fucking crushing weight of mm-hmm. of the depression, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, also the anger. Yeah, well that feeds into it too, and mm-hmm. so it, it's always nice that, that I have a, a a wide enough array of people in my network and my support that. They're not all down at the same moments I'm down, and I'm able to get a boost or a lift from them emotionally. Right. So, um, I don't know how we got there, but it's. Uh, well, I think that's a good point because my um, 
lifelong best friend Clayton, um, he doesn't care about the news um, like at all. And so when he's around me. Healthy, by the way. Yeah. When he's around me, it's something that we don't like ever talk about. We don't talk about it. Yeah. It doesn't come up because he doesn't know. So we're talking about everything else other than that. And when I reflect on that, I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of refreshing in those moments where we're talking about things other than how the world is going to end and everything is on fire. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but he actually recently got on Twitter. And so now he's reading the news all the time. <laughs> And so things are changing. Yeah. Um, but we still have our moments. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, Bob, um, <laughs> thanks for the call. You know, Andy, Oklahoma also. I hope that that uh, you're not alone, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there are people out there going through the same thing as you. Yeah. And I think it's good. It's a good point that we are raising up the next generation. And as as startling as it might hear, be to hear someone say that, you know, oh, these old white guys just got to die. It's attrition, folks. We're not talking about <laughs> any action. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, just the co- nature's going to run its course. Those ideas are no longer going to be the predominant idea. And, you know, maybe think about this. Donald Trump's 71 years old. He might be the last, you know, you, you chop a chicken's head off and it still runs around a little bit. Maybe he's that headless chicken running around at the end of all of this. Mm-hmm. So we have an email from Kate kind of on this issue. Um, Hey, Jesse and Brittany listening to episode 420 and you were talking about the Sarah Huckabee Sanders situation and Jesse asked, where does this leave us? My answer, not in a great place. While I certainly don't agree with Sarah Sanders on the things that she says and on the views that she holds, I do maintain that she has the right to hold those views and her views are... Are her views the right ones, in my opinion? Hell no. But she has the right to hold them. To kick someone out of a restaurant for just having a different opinion than you or for saying something that you don't agree with further divides us and make sure that once Trump and his goons leave office, we may never recover. Our nation is as divided as it's ever been, and I think we need to find the things that bring us together rather than tear us apart. And kicking her out of a restaurant for the things she says or the views she holds is only going to hurt us more in the long run thoughts love the show you are both the best part kate from sacramento uh let me say this this is a point that i hadn't really given much thought to until we got this email and that is you know it wasn't everybody's saying well she's a public figure she's a public figure they didn't just kick her out they kicked out the family they kicked out the kids so it's you know look i still maintain that um it would be very difficult if i owned a business to (laughs) to not kick her to the curb um, but it affects everybody mm-hmm. in that orbit. Mm-hmm. It's not just her. Mm-hmm. And and I think we, you know, if you're going to be open, for, I've already said what I said, so I'm not, I still hold those opinions. So, but if you missed last episode, uh, we, I don't think we should be leaving it to the individual business owner mm-hmm. to say yes or no, because next I'm next, you know, Brittany's next. I think a lot of the, um, opinions about that, um, revolve around, what it is that is going to be most likely to make Sarah Huckabee Sanders check herself. And I, I don't think there's anything. Yeah. Um, so if they had treated her with respect, she sold her soul. If they had treated her with respect. And then at the end said, hello, we hate you. And, but we served you and treated you with respect. Kind of what um, a listener in the listener group yeah. wrote about. Um, then she wouldn't have cared. Yeah. She also didn't care. 
about what happened to her in this case. It no. made her angry. It made her upset. Yeah, but she. But it got... also gave her the opportunity to tweet about it yeah, and be considered exactly. a victim yeah. from a large swath of the population. For sure. So. No good. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, thanks for the call again. And then uh, we got a little love from from Stephen, aka Walt. <laughs> it's the opposite, but mm-hmm. thanks for not thinking that was funny. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. Good times. Yeah. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. Uh, it's your boy Walt, aka Stephen, aka that guy. Uh, I'm just calling, man, to wish Jess a happy belated birthday, man, bro. Um, I never met you in person. I've only chatted with you a few times online, um, listen to your podcast, obviously watch your videos on YouTube, which is my personal favorite, actually. Um, and after all this time, I feel like I'm connected to you personally, um, like you like you and Brittany are like part of the family. Like, I look forward to listening to you guys' podcast, um, your content, your energy, and everything. You guys have absolutely no idea how much you guys impact the people you um you have connections with through your podcast through your youtube videos and things like that um even just reaching out just to say um you know give your condolences for lost ones or just a word of encouragement or um just to say something stupid just to make someone laugh or ridiculous or off the chain or whatever the case may be. You bring a lot of joy to people and a lot of comfort. And there's no amount of words or anything to express I know from me how grateful I am to have you guys or at least to be connected to you guys. Um so I just wanna let you know, bro, um, even though we never met Personally, I just want to let you know I love you. Happy belated birthday to you and Brittany and anniversary. And I wish you guys nothing but uh, the best and more success. And I feel in my spirit it's going to happen. You guys are going to reach a lot of more people. You're going to be a very important piece of what shapes this world. And we, I admire your guys' heart. I admire your passion, everything. So keep doing what you guys are doing. Love you. And I uh, hope you turn up this weekend. Not too much to where you'd be missing episodes and getting sick and stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> wow. Bye, bro. Love you. I'll holler at you later. <laughs> well, we love you too, brother. Oh, that's uh, amazing. It is uh, <laughs> It is one of the, I mean, again, I, I touched on that a little bit earlier, but it, it is, it, we talk about it a lot because it is meaningful, the, the audience, the connections that we've made and um, there's all kinds of people that I that I have never met that I feel like are that, that if we were to meet in person and you know not, not missing a beat like you really have known them mm-hmm. for for a long time. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much for that, Walt. We, we uh, yes, it, it is a, a beautiful sentiment and it really a lot of times you know when I talked about earlier about having a network of people who aren't down at the same time as you mm-hmm. that includes the audience mm-hmm. in large part mm-hmm. and measure. So yeah. Um, it was a good birthday. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful call. Thank you. All right. Well, let's let's move on um, to not well. It's it's positive, but you know, generally cheery. Jesse doesn't have great hope for this. The officer involved in the the murder, the killing of Antoine Rose in Pittsburgh, has been charged with criminal homicide 
in that case. And um, let's talk about it. CNN is learning new details about the shooting death of Antoine Rose. According to the district attorney, an autopsy report found that Rose was shot in the right side of the face, the right elbow, and in the back. And it was the wound to his back that killed him. Meanwhile, the East Pittsburgh officer who shot and killed Rose has been arrested this morning. He's been charged with criminal homicide. All of this is we're waiting for an update from the district attorney in just moments. Let's go to Arthena Jones, who is live in Pittsburgh with more this morning. A number of details about how he died, uh, what shot it was that took his life, the account of the police officer that is changing. All of that has just just come out. What can you tell us? Hi, Poppy. That's right. There are a lot of details in this criminal complaint and in the affidavit. Uh, the criminal complaint says that, that Officer Rosfeld, quote, intentionally, knowingly, recklessly, or negligently caused the death of Antoine Rose, another human being. And this complaint, the, the, the affidavit that, that is attached to these charges, cites several witnesses, uh, several of whom uh, restate or confirm that Antoine Rose's hands were empty as he fled the police vehicle uh, uh, Tuesday night of last week. The affidavit does say that there was an empty 9mm uh, Glock magazine found in Rose's pocket at the hospital. But what's interesting here is uh, what we're learning from the officer, Officer Michael Rosfeld. He was interviewed on Friday by investigators, and this is what he told them. He said the front seat passenger, who was Antoine Rose, uh, exited the car, and he said turned his hand toward Rosfeld. Uh, Rosfeld said he saw something dark that he perceived as a gun, but when investigators asked him again later in the interview, Rosfeld told detectives he did not see a gun when the passenger emerged. Uh, when he was confronted with this inconsistency, Officer Rosfeld said he saw something in the passenger's hand but was not sure what it was. He also said he was not certain if the individual who had his arm pointed toward him was still pointing at him when he fired the shots. Uh, so that is, are, those are some of the details we're learning from this affidavit. As you mentioned, Rosfeld has been, was arrested and fingerprinted according to the criminal docket. We also have an, uh, an interesting question that could come up at this press conference with the district attorney, Stephen Zappala. Uh, the, his spokesperson, Mike Manko, uh, has said on the issue of bail, uh, their office argued vigorously against the setting of bail in this case, uh, citing Pennsylvania law. And so they disagree with the judge's decision in this case uh, to set bail uh, uh, for Michael uh, Rosfeld. And he was actually released on bail. Yes. Um, and as a result of that, there were protests because he's out free. And being treated with a favorable treatment by the court. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Listen, um, this is a step in the right direction. Anytime you can get some kind of an indictment, you're charged. That's uh, that's a good thing. That That is movement. But let's not forget Michael Slager the killing of Walter Scott in South Carolina, they couldn't secure a conviction in state court. It ha it fell upon the Justice Department, the Obama Justice Department, to, f to um, t take up a civil rights case against Michael Slager, and that's when he pled guilty and went to prison. Not because of a murder conviction, which it was clear on fucking tape. He also shot a black man in the back and then tried to frame him and put his taser at his feet. We watched it happen on cell phone video. Much similarly, in this case, we saw on cell phone video a young black man running away and being shot multiple times. The 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 death the death shot being in the back. So we'll let's we're gonna follow this. We'll wait and see what happens. I mean, we're probably a year and a half, two years out from from a from a, a verdict. But as positive as it is that they move so quickly. To get it to charge him, 
a trial still has to take place. Mm-hmm. You know, we watched, I could go on and on and on, but in Baltimore, every single one of the officers involved with the death of Freddie Gray were let off scot-free. Every single one. So, again, this is positive, but it's not the final verdict. Let's wait for that. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. Kyle. Kyle. Kyle upped his pledge. Edited the pledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. Good. Yes. Good times, good days. I don't know Fantastic. what the fuck I'm saying. <laughs> so this means that Kyle is one of the people that has entered in to win the uh, giveaway for the book because even old Patreon supporters, in addition to anyone who signs up in the month of June, is entered to win the contest. The contest, of course, for that election book um, with Donald Trump's face on the cover. Um, it hef- is not a pro Donald Trump. It is not, <laughs> um, but it is a hefty book for your coffee table. Perfect for laying out at Thanksgiving to initiate toxic relationship ending arguments just in time for the holidays. <laughs> wow. Um, or if you don't like that, just that's prick shit, bro. <laughs> that's prick shit. Just put it in the closet when they come. Um, so thank you for all your support. You can also uh, shop on Amazon through dollamore.com slash Amazon. And then um, it's no additional cost to you. We get a little bit of that back. If you want some Dollamore merch or you're the puppet t-shirt or you need a tote because you don't like paying 10 cents per plastic bag in the state of California every time you go shopping, then you just go to dollamore.info. And n- new stuff's going to be added very soon. So. Yeah, we're designing a sticker. We, we right. won't tell you what it is, but it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So a- as we alluded to just a few moments ago, Justice Anthony Kennedy, the swing vote on the Supreme Court, has announced his retirement. I got all kinds of feelings about this. Little bothered that he couldn't wait four months until after the midterms. Because he's he's 81. Yeah, he's he's slightly younger than Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He's getting ready to turn 82 on July 23rd. Yeah. And RBG is 85. Yeah. So if RBG can hang in there right. and she's still doing her planks and doing her bicep curls, you can hang in there, bro. Well, it tells me that really he he's complicit in the strategy here. Uh, the New York Times did a piece about how he was being silently lobbied by the Trump administration, including the family, to step aside prior to the midterms. And he capitulated. And it is, uh, it puts, it is a strange situation where the replacement of one single man mm-hmm. puts things in limbo. For all women, almost all women 
in the United States. I, I think sometimes we talk about Supreme Court it, too much in abstractions about dignity and who's qualified and who's not qualified. Let's talk facts. Let's talk about what America is going to be like that's different. You are going to see 20 states pass laws banning abortion outright, just banning abortion, and because they know that there are now going to be five votes on the Supreme Court to overturn Roe v. Wade. And abortion will be illegal in a significant part of the United States in, in 18 months. There is just no doubt about that. And that's why these seats matter so much, uh, because um, they, 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 you know, one of my favorite lines about the Supreme Court was by Justice Robert Jackson, uh, who served on the court in the 1940s and 50s. And he said, we are not final because we are infallible. We are infallible because we are final. <laughs> Somebody has the last word, and here it's the Supreme Court, and right. Roe v. Wade is doomed. It is gone because Donald Trump won the election and because and he's going to have the, the chance and because he's going to have the chance to appoint two Supreme Court justices. Wow. Just still sitting with the, the gravity of what you just said. How quickly do you think that the, those changes will come on the state level? Yeah. I, first of all, I don't agree with Jeffrey that you there don't. are going to be tw not 20 states. There will be some states, but they'll be in a very distinct minority. You will see this now is an open political debate. People have run for governor. I've run for governor in my state. And while I didn't do this, lots of people have. When this question has come up, they say, oh, that's a federal issue. Well, all overturning Roe v. Wade does is, as Jeffrey points out, it returns it to the states. So then it suddenly becomes a state issue in 50 states. And it's a part of every state election. And it becomes actually more important in those state races than it is today, and that's if it happens. I don't see the 18-month time schedule of, of Jeffrey Tubin happening, but it is possible sometime in the foreseeable future. And that, that man you just heard speaking is a man named Ken Cuccinelli, who ran for Virginia governor. He was the attorney general there in Virginia, and he is also a Trump apologist uh, and not a super smart guy. <laughs> um, this is a problem. I don't think I think Jeffrey Tubin's overselling it a little bit with the 20 state claim. But even if five states. That means millions of women across the United States will not have access to a legal. Reproductive service, and I'm not talking. Look, when we talk about abortion, the vast majority of abortions take place. I, I don't know why I have to qualify myself with this audience, but. The vast majority of abortions take place in the early weeks of a pregnancy. We're not talking about arms and legs and, you know, some gruesome uh, propaganda video. We're talking about a, a clump of bloody cells. It's not a fetus. It, we're talking about, you know, early stage. So I, I think... I think this is um, vindication for white evangelicals who have been told, um, what are you doing supporting Donald Trump? Yeah. This is this man is at odds with everything that you yeah. claim to believe and claim to represent. And this is kind of like... Means to an end. This is what they wanted. Yeah. Right? This is everything that they have been waiting for, everything that they've wanted. And... <laughs> Uh, you've been saying a lot. Elections have consequences. 
And for the people who couldn't bring themselves to vote for Hillary Clinton, um, maybe look to white evangelicals <laughs> who were playing the long game here, yeah. right? Um, maybe even those that, uh, not not the ones that are loud and proud and, and supporting him in spite of everything that he's saying, Donald Trump, but maybe the ones who voted for him and held their nose because they were hopeful that this would be what ends up happening. Because on the campaign, he said, yeah, we should arrest women who have abortions. Mm-hmm. They should be charged. Yeah. Um, in addition to the abortion issue, um, Anthony Kennedy was very important for gay rights decisions as well. Uh, Lawrence versus Texas. Yeah. Um, the That was the anti-sodomy law. Right. Yeah. That the government can't outlaw um, sexual intercourse between people of the same gender. Um, and also the same-sex marriage, Obergefell versus Hodges. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so... There are many people who don't like Anthony Kennedy on both sides because he was the swing vote, right? Um, When other justices would make comments, they would try to make their comments in a way that they would appeal to Kennedy to try to convince him to join their side. Um, But you can't argue the fact that he has made very important decisions for women's rights and for gay rights. Yeah. Um, So it is... Also racially for like uh, uh, affirmative action Right. Um, choices and, right. and rulings. Right. So it is scary to think about who's going to be put in there because whoever it is is going to be to the right of uh, Justice Roberts. Most certainly. Now, listen, he did give a list of, of uh, jurists. <laughs> uh, ju- he, he, he gave a list to Donald Trump. Um, I think that it would be foolhardy to believe that Donald Trump is going to respect that list and that he is going to pull from his own. Um, but now more than ever, politics is local means something. If you live in a state like many of you do, Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, um, those are states, even my home state of Idaho, those are states that are going to try to pull some bullshit. Those are states that are going to... And listen, it's not like you have to give them time to ramp up some legal argument, some strategy. Before Roe v. Wade was even ruled upon, the the, the religious right and these nut jobs were already formulating legal arguments to bring to the Supreme Court to challenge Roe versus Wade. They are in it to win it. So if you if you if you've never been uh, a reproductive rights advocate or activist, now is the time. And I'm not talking about Facebook slacktivism. When there's a march, when there's a rally, get your ass out there, show up for the cause, because you have to let your local officials know. Because now this will be tossed back to the states. And they're going to use some 10th Amendment bullshit Mm -hmm. to try to rule this. There's already states that have really rolled back access to abortion. Yeah, Mississippi. There's very few abortion clinics. You have to drive across the whole state in order to get there. Yes. Um, And it's weird that these people, um, and this isn't my original thought, obviously, I've heard this elsewhere, but that there's no way to prevent abortions. You're only preventing safe, legal abortions abortions right because if you if you make it illegal they're they're still going to happen they're just going to happen in ways that uh, cause women to die 
or get v- very sick. Yeah. Um, Just like has happened all throughout our history. Yeah. Um, so I-, I wish that we could stop it with all this, but um, yeah. I when I when I heard that announcement, I it was a really bad day. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, there are there are other ramifications other than abortion, but I just think that look, over half the population is women. This 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 is a massive thing that affects a huge swath of the population, and uh, it's important. Well, and you have Mitch McConnell, who, uh, when Barack Obama nominated Merrick Garland for the seat, wouldn't even grant him a hearing. Not yeah, not even the senators wouldn't even meet with him privately in their offices. Right, and so he wouldn't even give him a chance to have a hearing. Um, saying that the American people need to have a say in this because it was so close to election, the election day. Well, people are saying the same thing. Chuck Schumer got on the floor and said, I hope Mitch McConnell's listening because we're pretty close to election here. And I believe that the American people should have a say in who gets this seat. And since you recently said the same thing, I think you'll agree, right? And he doesn't. Of course he does. They're going to vote on it before the election. That's what he said the plan is. Well, I hope that uh, right now there's a bright shining light on uh, guys like uh, Joe Manchin from West Virginia, Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota. You know, these these uh, these red state Democrats and uh, you can only hope they're going to do the right thing and block, which, by the way, isn't a historical judge Bork was blocked not approved he was nominated and not approved so it it happens um this is important this is very very important and the democrats better not fucking cave on this they better do everything they can to to reject some radical right-wing nut job that donald trump will likely try to to pass off Mm mm-hmm uh, because the, the, you know, women's lives—literally, d- women's lives—depend on this. At least it won't be Justice uh, Janine Pirro up there, right? Uh, wouldn't be so <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed that it's not. So we did mention that we were going to talk about this uh, Iowa Congressman Steve King. We've talked about him in the past. He's the same guy who said that no civilization in the history of the world has given more to progress than white. Than Western civilization, than white people. He has a history of being um, racist. Yes. He, he referred to President Obama as very, very urban. Um, right. And then in when he was talking about un, undocumented immigrants, he said that they have, quote, calves the size of cantaloupes. I don't. Wow. Really understand what he's getting out there. But um, he he just has a history of being associated with. Number one, racist people. And then number two, making racist statements and trying to act like he either meant something else or that they are not problematic. And in this case, he retweeted um, someone that I, uh, headlines have been calling a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. Um, but he, I, I mean, he. if you look up his name, the second photo of him is next to a woman who has a swastika tattooed on her chest. Yeah. Nazi sympathizer. There's also uh, pictures of him with David Duke. He's a racist. Okay. Yeah. Um, and not not just pictures of David Duke. One of the first videos that comes up is like a two-hour conversation he had with David Duke. Um, so he's a British political activist, a former champagne, uh, chairman of the Young 
British National Party, which is the youth division mm-hmm. of the British National Party. Nazi youth, I think is what you're getting at. I'm putting that on you. Okay. I'm not going to play the disclaimer again. So uh, Steve King retweeted this guy. Steve King, who's a white genocide guy, retweeted this Nazi sympathizing fuck from Great Britain. Chris Cuomo sat down with Steve King. I was being critical of the use of the Nazi sympathizer phrase, um, if that wasn't clear, because yeah. um, you're using it again. So yeah, I- I'm being critical of news organizations using that in their titles with a guy who is standing next to people that have oh, swastikas being, on their chest. You're being critical... You're saying that the media is not going far enough. They're being too kind by calling him a sympathizer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, he has he has pictures of himself with a woman with a giant swastika tattooed on her chest. Yeah. Is she a Nazi sympathizer? Is that what we should call her? She's a hobbyist. I, it's just weird when these are the people they're associating with. These are the people they talk to. He's using his platform to do an interview with David Duke. Yeah. And then they try to act like he's not a racist. Yeah, just straight up Nazi. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it's. I don't get it. It's. It's confusing to it, me. Well, it's it's uh, the media showing too much deference. Are they worried? Bending over backwards. Are they worried about like slander or something? I have I, no idea. I mean, maybe. And and the laws are goofy over there huh. in the UK. Um, libel laws are um, a lot lo- looser as far as uh, what what uh, could be prosecuted. So uh, anyway, Chris Cuomo sat down with this goof, uh, Steve King, to ask him about this tweet that he retweeted and the fact that he has refused to delete it. All right. So, Congressman, help me understand this thing with the tweet, uh, the guy that you retweeted. I'll put it up there on the screen for people. You have said, look, I was looking to retweet an article about people becoming more suspicious of who comes into their country. That's what I was trying to get at. I don't agree with Colette. I'm not a neo-Nazi. I don't embrace what he's about. That's all true, right? Well, it's generally true. I don't know that that's an exact quote. Uh, but what I'm trying to say is that here's a story that says that 65% of right. the Italians under 35 have had enough with immigration. Right. And I said, when will America wake up on this? Well, but the guy the same way. has espoused ugly neo-Nazi type principles, and you do not agree with those. Is that true, sir? Well, obviously not, but that's what you all say. I have no idea who he is. I don't know why we're giving him a world-famous name now into the news. I'm not obligated to do a full background check on anybody well, it's that has their name what on he's something about, but I'm not saying you knew. Yeah. I'm not saying oh, you absolutely. knew. absolutely. You but know that, I didn't, Chris. But that's you know the part, I didn't. And that's what the part is that I don't understand. I don't believe that you recognize his values as your own. But you say, but I won't delete the tweet. Right. I don't get it. I, it's, why, it's pretty why? simple. It's why? pretty simple. I tweeted a Breitbart story. I didn't treat a message from him. I tweeted a, I tweeted a Breitbart story. I recognized the screenshot as Breitbart, and I tweeted it. And I went back a little bit later when some folks pointed this mm-hmm. out, and I went and got the tiny URL, and I tweeted the Breitbart story off of their website. And I said, this is what I intended to send. I'm not, I'm not deleting that because then you all pile on me and say, King had to apologize. He was wrong. He knows he's guilty. I'm not. I don't feel guilty one bit. I'm human. Right, right. But I, I don't get it. It's, it's human to err, right? Yes. Uh, but That's why I corrected it. 
Right, but you, you saw me correct you, it. You we said don't do. give the guy a platform, but you won't take down the retweets, so you're giving him a platform. I don't have him up on CNN, bringing him up as the most important story. But this the reason I'm talking have. about it is because you won't pull back from the position, and but it seems because why. you want to. No, no, not because you believe in what he's saying. I'm giving you that. I give you that. I'm not here to say that you are a neo Nazi, okay? That you know me better than that. I'm here to say that you're so caught up in this us versus them thing with the left and the right that you don't want to give ground on even something that you acknowledge is wrong. How nuts is that? No, no. I retweeted a Breitbart story. That wasn't wrong. He was an anonymous individual until you and others highlighted his name. Let's let him ride into the rearview mirror and not get all wrapped around the axle about this. It's a nothing story, Chris. It's a nothing story. There's but here's the thing. Business to talk about. When you gave him a platform and when you have refused to take it down, you have given license to people who share his thoughts. I'm sure your staffers have pointed out to you that on social media, you got a lot of ugly people using your name, waving it as a flag of someone who accepts what they're about and getting into all their ideas because you retweeted this guy. Chris, I'm not aware of any of that, but I am aware of many leftists that are attacking me, trying to get me to take this down. I'm not taking it down. It was simply a Breitbart story that I tweeted. It had a guy's name on it that I had never heard of. Now a lot of people have heard of his name. It's going to stay there on my website as long as it takes. It's going to go into even the Even though he's about all these ugly ideas, and even Paul Ryan, who's not in the, you know, the mode of getting into fights all with right. his own, said you should, this is, there's no place for this in the dialogue? Paul Ryan didn't say anything. His spokesperson made a general comment that didn't even have my name in it. And so that really isn't a story either. But you cannot assign someone, and I guess you really didn't at this point. You say, I don't buy into those values, and I don't. I reject them. My ancestors fought Nazism. I'm about freedom, about God-given liberty. So Steve King um, is saying that he didn't know who this person was and blah, blah, blah. And where have you heard that before? Right. Um, Donald Trump giving a similar interview talking about David Duke. I don't know anything about the KKK. What is that? Yeah. Um, this is the kind of thing that they try to do. Um, Mark Collette has 36,000 followers. He's not just a nobody. Um, he, his tweets have a significant amount of favorites and retweets. When Steve King, a congressman, retweets him, um, people look at that. People are like, oh, who's this guy? He's one of us. And now they're going to go follow him. And now they're going to see how he's tweeting about diversity being a bad thing and multiculturalism being a bad thing and white genocide. Yes, he's tweeting about that within the past couple of days. Um, this person is a white supremacist and he is a racist. And Steve y- King. Yes, you are responsible for not retweeting that yes. unless you agree with it. But even think about the beginning of that interview. When Chris Cuomo <laughs> asked him if he agrees with these things and like used either white nationalism or white supremacy and Steve King didn't come out and emphatically say, like, I reject those things. That's what I was trying to get at. I don't agree with Colette. I'm not a neo-Nazi. I don't embrace what he's about. That's all true, right? Well, it's, it's generally true. I don't know that that's an exact quote. OK, how can you not say? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, that's definitely true. true. Not a neo-Nazi, not a hater. Well, you know, I uh, that's not exactly. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Some of that's true. Well, wait a minute. Which parts are true? That's that's and which parts are not true? That's dog whistling by omission. <laughs> because racists know. Well, he can't say he's a racist because he'll he won't be in Congress long. He has to 
play the game. They get it. They know. Mm-hmm. And it, it signals to them, hey, I'm still with you, giving you the high sign over here, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly a white supremacist. I'm certainly a racist. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Steve King, mm-hmm. Iowa, mm-hmm. representing a congressional district in the United States of America. And man, I don't want to categorize. That's not exactly what I said. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. Well, he's he's also not the only Republican. You had um, a Republican legislative candidate in North Carolina, Russell Walker, who on his website wrote that God is a, quote, racist white supremacist and that Jewish people are satanic. Um, and the North Carolina Republican Party withdrew their support from him a week after the website was discovered. <laughs> um, you Ugh. have a mayor of a tiny town in North Dakota calling to abolish the local government in order to stop white supremacists from holding leadership positions. Um I mean, there are white supremacists in the government. There are. Yes. Um, there are white supremacists that are trying to be elected. Um, and everyone should be concerned about this. And if you have someone who lives in Iowa, please send them audio of Steve King. <laughs> yes. Um, and make sure that they are aware of his racism so that he can no longer be in government and have power. And also, Paul Ryan, who took time out of his day to tell Maxine Waters that it's not helpful of her to encourage people to antagonize Trump supporters when they're out in public, does not have the time to make comments about the things that Steve King says and does. Right. And Steve King, by the way, also advocates for Steve Scalise, the guy who was shot. And Steve Scalise is also a piece of shit neo-Nazi. Shot at the baseball game last year. That's right. He was shot at the baseball game by the deranged Bernie Sanders supporter Mm -hmm. and said that uh, at one point he said that I'm David Duke without all the baggage. Those words came out of his mouth at a speech Mm -hmm. in Louisiana to his constituency. Mm -hmm. So got to be mindful of this. And he's like number three in the house. Mm -hmm. Anyway, fuck. Maybe it's time for the audience to lift me up because I'm getting a little bummed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that, I think we're going to leave you. Uh, We really need a a light note to end on. So, so uh, you you got anything? (laughs) Uh, Well, just real quickly, um, there was some new Pew research uh, (laughs) on the shifting public views of legal immigration into the U.S. So while it may seem like all of these Uh, White supremacists who were talking about white genocide and preserving Western civilization and not letting people into this country. Um, The data on immigration actually shows that Americans do not share their views. Mm. Um, So since 2001, the share of Americans who favor increased legal immigration into the U.S. has risen 22 percentage points. So from 10 percent to 32 percent. Um, and the share of those who support a decrease in immigration has declined 29 points from 53% to 24%. Hmm. Now, 38% still believe that the numbers should be kept at their present level, the number of immigrants coming in. Um, but this share is increasing over time of people wanting more legal immigration. Yeah. Um, and so while the politicians like Steve King and... Uh, other people that are not in government are talking about white genocide. 
Americans want immigrants. Yeah. Well, Donald Trump, Stephen Miller being the architect of these, they don't look right now we're talking about illegal immigration. But remember when 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 uh, Stephen Miller used the phrase cosmopolitan to Jim Acosta, Mm -hmm. that was talking about radically decreasing the number of legal immigrants that we allow into the country. So Mm -hmm. they are fully opposed to um, any increases in legal or illegal immigration. They they are they're aggressive against immigration. They are isolationists. They are protectionists. Well, also, most Americans feel sympathy toward yeah. um, illegal immigrants. So nearly, nearly 7 in 10 Americans, 69%, are very or somewhat sympathetic toward immigrants who are in the United States illegally. Yeah. So while you hear headlines about people in the government that have, they're just overflowing with contempt for illegal immigrants, that is not how Americans feel. Yeah. So it's interesting to have a government that is not representing the way that the majority of Americans feel yeah. about these issues. Absolutely. All right. Well, that was a nice little little respite at the end. Mm-hmm. Americans are doing the right thing and feeling the right thing. <laughs> Good times. Uh-huh. We are going to leave you there. If you'd like to sound off, help us move the conversation forward. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. All right. We'll see you next time right here whenever it is. <laughs> we love you guys. And we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt. Because that's I used to call everyone a prick in high school. Um, Why does that not surprise me at all? So. <laughs> <laughs>